Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Hello, this is Eric. Just want to jump in here before the episode starts and remind you that this is part two of uh, the talk on Christian nationalism. If you go back to last week, you can listen to the first part, uh, but this will jump right into the middle of the conversation we had last week. And uh, if if you didn't hear last week, you might get a little bit confused. Uh, so jump back if you haven't heard the first, um, listen to part one, and then come back here and listen to part two. And if you have heard it, then we'll just jump right in. Thanks. How would you recognize if you have um, Christian nationalist tendencies, Eric? Or how would you recognize if I have them? How's that? Because mm. you wouldn't have them. Because you're 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 an enlightened person. But. Oh dear. Um, I think uh, the first one, if if and and ask yourself these questions. You don't have to just observe other people. Like oh that that guy's got the bug, I I, I can see the uh, um, the symptoms, um, but we've talked a little bit about American exceptionalism. But depending on how much you uh, emphasize American exceptionalism and in 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 what way you define American exceptionalism, will tell whether you might be leaning towards Christian nationalism. Um, if America is an ex- is exceptional because it has a particular favor of God, if it has been given a particular covenant, um, if it has been made a particular people, um, you are describing a nation um, that is organized around a particular religion, and you're, you're describing a nationalism with a Christian posture. Um, and I think you're describing an exceptionalism that has no basis in Scripture um, and is... is taking texts that are are describing other people and applying them to America. Or, or to say it another way, if America has a special God-given role in the world, then it that makes them exceptional. Mm-hmm. That's what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that we, um, and, and this is a little bit, I mean, it's a little bit tricky mm-hmm. here. I mean, there are, America has done good things. In America, there are a lot of good things about Americans and mm-hmm. about America. And so it's, again, this is not anti-anything. This is just trying to step back and say, really, honest to goodness, what is the role mm-hmm. of that a, that a nation state plays in God's program? Mm-hmm. A nation state, not just America, but a nation state. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's important because... Yeah, if we go from the general then the, to the particular. Because the yeah. role that God has des- designed to play in the world is the church. Mm-hmm. And, and those things get confused, the church and the, the nation state, that's when you have this, uh, this problem with Christian nationalism. Mm-hmm. And that's where actually we get the name of our podcast. Ah. Is that, you know, again, the earliest sermon, one of the earliest sermons on... Um, uh, was the city on the famous city on the hill sermon by mm-hmm. John Winthrop? And uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, that was too early. That was a little earlier like than the first I was Christian thinking. <laughs> okay, not that early, but early as far as we're concerned. That you know, seriously we're... threw me for a loop. I was like, yes. Oh, dear. oh John Winthrop. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Work with me here. I'm Eric. working. I'm I'm totally tracking. Okay. Well. Anyway, but that is that, and it's a view of: Do you see America as the mm-hmm. city on the hill, or do you see the church as the city on the hill? Mm-hmm. And that's the, a little bit of the dividing line between uh, maybe patriotism, where you mm-hmm. love your country, but you mm-hmm. see the church as God's agent in the world, or you are, um, you know, Christian nationalists, and you see God's program being worked out through America. Right. And in which to go back, if the liberal democratic experiment that is America and its exception, its actual exceptionalism, um, is under threat if you are a christian nationalist you think god's plan is under threat if you've equated those things which 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 means the response you need to have becomes more and more ramped up this is a huge deal if something is is breaking and i need to respond to it um with biblical proportions really which which is where the danger is yeah uh that is similar to um, you know, the, the phrase or the, the view of God and country mm. on, you know, parallel to equal mm-hmm. values, to equal uh, things, God and country being the, uh, the way I view the world. And so that's a, you know, and again, that's a little tricky because, yeah, you can love your country. Mm-hmm. You can be a patriot. And, uh, but that love is subordinate to right. the love that you have for God and the vision you have for his church. Mm-hmm. So again, it always comes for, for me, a lot of the things that we've ended up talking about here, this podcast have been, you know, ecclesiology, they've been about the church, which that's where this all, I mean, this is why I feel like we need to speak up about it is mm. because, uh, when something is, I don't know, overshadows the church and God's program. Mm. Then, then we're off. Uh, we're really off the reservation as far as our um, biblical warrant or biblical understanding of mm-hmm. what God's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. So, well, and if I can just encourage everyone, um, God hasn't changed His plan. Plan A has been. I mean, Matthew twenty-eight. Jesus says, "All authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all men, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. The, the plan has been those disciples making disciples, and from that, the church is born. Um, and God didn't do a plan B after that. Uh, he didn't 1,700 years later go, ah, this is only working okay. Let's start a nation state, and this will be an, another cool plan um, that maybe we do parallel, or maybe it will take uh, preeminence over the church. No, plan A is still, is still the church. Mm-hmm. And... I just want to encourage listeners that um, God hasn't changed his mind. He's still doing the same plan. His plan is still effective. Um, I know the temptation is great to grab tools that seem to be faster or more powerful in the moment. I mean, I think that's kind of what's going on in a a nation-state type emphasis. Um, But really, it's disciple-making. It's long-term. It's future kingdom coming. um, And we want that now. But God has, God has not been thwarted or set aside, and his plan is still plan A. So when you're, 
when you're um, thinking about the, um, the the plan of God and what God is doing in the world, it, it does come down to, um, you know, when you say, well, God, what's God doing in the world? God and country. Mm. You're, you're just uh, leaning a little too far mm-hmm. over toward yeah. Christian nationalism. Yeah. You know, one of the things that does for you is that does kind of make you have to sanitize American history, not just the founding, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there's been a trajectory of, of things that are kind of hard to explain from a Christian lens. Mm. And when you have the two things, the, the, the nation state and Christianity um, in, in bed together, that's hard for you to explain and say, oh, well, it was God's will. I mean, mm. it's really hard to explain slavery away as God's will or even what happened with uh, indigenous peoples here mm. as God's will or, you know, you name it. There's lots of things that we, uh, wars, we got sideways on a lot of things. Right. That would be hard to explain as saying, oh, that's what God really wants in the world. Mm. And so, I, I again, if, if you're... Uh, if you're a patriot, I think you say, and then this is one. This is one of the reasons I brought that up. Mm-hmm. I think you can be a patriot and say, "Yeah, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. I love my country, and we were wrong, mm-hmm. or I love my country, and that was awful or hard or whatever." If if then you have some veneer of Christianity the over your love for country, mm-hmm. and it becomes a Christian nationalist, and you you're kind of stuck explaining that away on God's terms mm. that that to me is that to me is one of the places that this kind of breaks down completely right, right. and so um, how would you how would you recommend then that uh, Christians interact with their nation nation state um, without going all the way to being a Christian nationalist what what are some practical, um, God-honoring things that we can do Mm. or should do? I think viewing, and we've kind of talked around this a bit, uh, but viewing the country as a gift to be stewarded. Mm. um, And we've kind of talked about exceptionalism, and I think there is something exceptional about America and the way it's designed and the the tool that it is to... to, um, organize society and to have good assumptions, some, I think some really good assumptions in place about how, how people work and uh, we're organized in a particular way because of that. And that's a gift. Uh, all, all nations, all, not even nations, kingdoms, um, peoples, tribes, we've not all been organized this way. Um, the, the, the freedom we have, the, um, the rights that we have, some of those things, those are not a given and have not historically been a given. And so you can view this place as a gift and then desire to steward that, which has a whole list of ways you could engage that. Um, I'm, I'm engaging that by running for office. Like that's not, a, that's not a given in every, every country, every situation. Um, and I think you can uh, have a proper patriotism, a proper affection, and say, you know what, this place is a gift, whether that's nation, state, city, um, and I'm going to be one of the ones to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... That's kind of step one. The alternative is you could take that gift and you say, I'm going to make this thing God, and I'm going to worship this thing. This is, this is the best. Um, 
So that's kind of the don't don't take the gift and make it bigger than it is. It's well, a gift. Then we have we have this. Um, so you're talking about the country as a gift or the nation state as a gift. The natural resources mm. in this country are exceptional mm-hmm. and a gift to be stewarded, which means there is a you know ecological factor in this stewardship even mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where if you make that ultimate and right. worship it then it becomes a, a different thing. And so we face this all around. And the temptation to take a gift and make it uh, God, as you said, mm. is, uh, is tempting. But, uh, but really, it makes me thankful. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, that's what a gift does. A gift should make you thankful. Right. I think another, another way to talk about that is, is check your loves. What do you love? Um, and s- some of that's just the C.S. Lewis language. If you're taking something that deserves the, the love of affection and you're giving it the love of agape, uh, co- covenanted love, um, self-sacrificing, ultimate love, um, that's going to change who you are. And that's, that's worth checking all the time. Like, how, how do you love your job? How do you, how do you engage your job? If you, if you uh, make that thing ultimate, um, the thing about loves is it will, you will become more like what you love. So if you are loving incorrectly something or too much, you will become more like that thing um, to, to the ultimate degree that if you're, if you're loving it like a, only God should be loved, then you're going to become like that thing because you've, you've given yourself in worship to that thing. So uh, just check your loves. You, you may have or there may be a temptation to um, give affection to your country, to your nation, the affection that only God deserves. And you think about that, your nation, certainly, but your job mm-hmm. or even your family. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. comes right after the family. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. gonna, I don't think I came to, br- to bring peace but a sword. So he starts with the family and probably chops it up all the way up to the nation state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think another good thing to ponder is, or not ponder, um, wh- friend, what's your identity? Um, I think one thing I always have to remind myself is my first identity is as an exile. Uh, if I belong to the redemptive narrative I've already described, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, that restoration culminates in a kingdom, and I belong to that kingdom, and that kingdom is not yet here. Thus, I'm an exile, and I'm waiting for the kingdom. You're not in your homeland. I'm not in my homeland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a, a an adopted homeland, of which I am very grateful, but I'm an exile here nonetheless. Um and that should be my first identity because that, that identity attaches to that redemptive narrative. Um, I could grab that other redemptive narrative, but that's, there's no hope there. There's no restoration there. There's no help there. Um, but an exile, an exilic identity attaches me to that other redemptive narrative. Um, and that's a good way to interact in the nation. If I'm an exile here, that frees me up to do a lot of engagement without having my affections uh, inappropriately attached. Well, and even without being partisan. Right. I mean, the exiles aren't going to be partisan in the same way that, mm-hmm. you know, natives are, mm-hmm. you might say. And I, I just think about the, the biblical way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do have this uh, nation of Israel where God was, it was a theocracy and God mm-hmm. was uh, ruling. But of course, with all the rebellion, they went into exile, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just even Jeremiah twenty nine says, "In its pray for the city, in its and seek its welfare. Right. For in its welfare you'll find your welfare." Mm-hmm. And this this 
that's what you're describing. Oh, yeah. Is this uh, life as an exile in Babylon making it work mm-hmm. there because that's when you'll thrive. Mm-hmm. And you see the same thing in First Peter where he addresses them as sojourners and aliens and uh, reminds them that their identity belongs to, uh, they belong to Jesus. So no, that I, mm-hmm. I think there's a good uh, precedent and that's probably a good um, template for mm. thinking about our uh, engagement with, uh, with the world or with the nation state. Mm-hmm. I think another way to ask that, ask yourself this question, are you a Christian American or are you American Christian? And that's kind of the noun adjective thing we've already talked about. Um, if I'm an American Christian, I'm a Christian first, and I just happen to be American, so there's a there's a qualifier there. Um, but if I am an American first, and I happen to be Christian, that, that shows you where your identity sits. Mm-hmm. And I, we had an episode a while back, um, what if you could have a uh, your preferred president or healthy church? And depending on how you answer that question, it's going to show you where you tend to latch your identity. And I think this is a similar question. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is your Christianity just an adjective, just a qualifier on your real identity, or is, is Christianity your real, your real identity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wrote a statement here that I think is really uh, important, and you said, I don't need to have a Christian nation to love my nation, mm. which, you know, I, I had to read that twice, but, I, but the prospect that I, d- I don't even have to have Christian reasons to love my nation, mm. In that regard, I mean, I can, I can be a patriot and not a Christian, and that's that's what patriots do. I can right. I can be patriotic, and I, I don't need I don't need the the nation to be exceptional or to be Christian to love my nation. Mm-hmm. I don't need Christian reasons to say, you know, to to say, oh, my my preacher told me I need to be patriotic somehow. It's you know, it's okay, right, to, to have properly ordered loves and to love your nation or your nation state in the right uh, realm there. So I just appreciate that. That, mm. that was helpful to me that um, the nation itself doesn't have to be Christian for me to love it, and I don't need to create Christian reasons to mm. love it, mm. you know. I think another thing to remember, and I just I just preached on part of this, but Realizing the timeline, realizing the timeline of, of restoration, um, I think one of the temptations, and we've already we've already said this, but uh, we set down the tool of the church and grab a different tool because we want different ends, different uh, or maybe quicker ends. And uh, I just remember we just we just preached through John the Baptist being in prison and and sending word to Jesus, "Hey, are you the one that's to come, or or should we expect someone else?" And I think. Uh, it's a little bit of speculation, but I think he was sitting in prison thinking, we should be having political victories now. We should um, see the restoration of the kingdom happening now. Uh, if I'm reading Isaiah well, and I think John probably did, um, he saw a king that would establish a kingdom that would be restored and everything would be good. And explicitly in Isaiah, it says the the prisoners will be set free. And he's sitting in prison going, um... Is there someone else coming? Because Jesus, you're here doing things. You're doing Christ things, but you're not doing all the things. So when does the full plan culminate? When does the kingdom, when is it restored? And I think 
he was frustrated probably by the lack of political outcomes, city outcomes, kingdom outcomes, um, because they're, they're going to happen. We're going to have a king and a kingdom. And I think we probably have the same frustration sometimes and go, ah, let's, let's, let's use a different tool because this tool is not working fast enough. Um, we should all want the kingdom to come. We should all want justice to reign and righteousness to be it's a good desire. preeminent. Yeah, it's, it's a very good desire. Um, but keep your hope attached to the restoration because <laughs> uh, the restoration is, is Christ establishing his kingdom as king on the throne. Um, and don't, don't go pick up a different tool because it's not going fast enough. So I think if, if you want to be a Christian interacting in the nation well, uh, one of the ways is, I think, to just do patriotism well, do affection well. Um, and I think the, the way that is best on display is on, in gratitude, um, gratitude of the gift that we have. We've described that many times already, just in the way we view America or your state or your city, um, view that thing as a gift. I think, I don't know what you think, Scott, but I think patriotism is probably on on display best during the Olympics. Um, not just with America, but every country. They're, they're viewing, everyone has their team. Um, all of a sudden you become interested in sports you had no idea even existed. Well, can, can I interrupt on that? <laughs> I had, a, um, I had a, a student from Norway in my class during the Winter Olympics. And, of course, Norway won more mm-hmm. medals, more gold medals than oh, yeah. everybody else. I mean, that like, was, uh, was their world. Everyone else was just living mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. And I said, so I imagine you watch the Olympics uh, a little differently than the rest of us. Oh, and you just should have heard him launch. I mean, he just, oh, yeah, I went all night long. And uh, uh, he, <laughs> he, he had a better time than everybody else because his team he won. Winning, yeah. yeah, so. Well, that's probably patriotism on display. It was for him, ma'am. Yeah. And I and we're you've already mentioned uh Memorial Day coming up. I think that's another example of um patriotism lived out is people saying um we we're going to protect this place. We're going to protect what we love mm-hmm. and people have died to protect what they love and that uh, that is a a full form of patriotism, a full form of properly uh, properly focused affection, I think. So I, I think those are some. You can do all those things. That that is from the smallest to the to the mo- the biggest forms of um, properly situated patriotism. I think, and and a, and a good way to interact in the world without leaning into Christian nationalism. You can just love this place. And frankly, it doesn't really matter where you're listening from. This this would be applicable. It doesn't have to be an American thing. It could be Norway. It could be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the final piece is, and this maybe is a little bit more explicitly America just because we talk about freedom so much, but use your freedom to love people. Use your freedom to love your neighbor um, because you have that opportunity. And you can, you can love your, your nation as well. Um, but I think we, we, our temptation is to be scared that we're going to lose freedom, so we grip it tighter, our, our, our American freedom. Um, rather than say, hey, we have some opportunity to do some things that we wouldn't have in other situations, so I'm going to use those as means to love. Um, this is, uh, Galatians talks about a different freedom, but I think it's still worth talking about. Uh, for you were called, this is in Galatians 5, you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And that's talking about freedom from a, from a different law, a different way of organizing the world. Um, but I think the outcomes still fit. Uh, you can debite, bite and devour one another, which I think happens to be one of the outcomes of a rabid Partisan, Christian, na- yeah, yeah. Christian nationalism. Wh- wacko social media guy. Is yep. that what you're suggesting? Yep. Yes. And, and if you lean into it, it'll, it'll go that way. You will become, um, you're prone to violence. You're prone to uh, outrage. You're prone to intensity because you've equated such a high love to something that doesn't deserve that high of a love. Um, and if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So uh, use your freedom to love people, um, love your neighbor. That's that's a great way to love hmm. the group that happens to be a nation, that happens to be uh, this thing you can have affection for. So, and, and we probably would even add one of the great things that one of the things that makes America great is that there have been people doing this mm-hmm. throughout history, mm-hmm. and we're you know we're grateful for that. I grew up in a you know, in rural environments where neighbors watched out for me and, mm. you know, would call my parents if I was in trouble or, uh, you know, was, was where I wasn't supposed to be and people knew. And, and that's one of the things people love about that kind of a setting. Mm. But the reality is Christians can uh, love their neighbor mm-hmm. regardless where they live. So right. that's good. Yeah, good. Thank you for, for that uh, final word. That's a, good, that's a good place to leave it where Jesus leaves it. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, um, that's the greatest commandment. Well, good. If there's any thoughts or questions or uh, maybe we, we need to clarify some things or dig deeper into things, send us an email. We'd love to uh, to answer those questions or, or work through those or use them for future episodes. You can send us an email at comment at cityonahillpodcast.com. Um, don't forget to subscribe on any of the podcast apps you happen to be listening to us on. If you're listening to us on the website, uh, go to a podcast app. Go to Apple Podcasts or, or Google or Spotify or any of those place, places and subscribe so you just get all these things straight to your phone. It'll be a lot easier. Uh, you're, if you find what we're doing helpful, a review goes a long way to get this to other people. And if you want to leave an audio question, you can uh, at www.speakpipe.com slash podcast. And with that all out of the way, we will look forward to the next conversation.